you know, I, I think unfortunately there is this underlining macho sort of mentality men um, carry with them that they don't need help or they don't want to burden people or burden yeah. them. Um, you know, they don't think they have anybody they can turn to and, and then you get that element of shame and being embarrassed and people are going to judge you. Welcome to Swim.Rocks, the show that shares ideas, information and inspiration between swimming people who stay dry. My name is Lachlan Vane Tempest and this month we are discussing mental health and today we are talking to Andrew Ward from the Head Above Water team. Head Above Water is a 24-hour swimathon which is partnered with the Gotcha for Life organisation and it raises funds for mental health awareness and also mental health education. And it is held at Sydney's Northern Beaches every year in March. Andrew and I talk about their partnership with the Gotcha for Life organisation, the amazing work he does in the community, and the importance of changing the phrase mental health to mental fitness. Enjoy! G'day everyone, welcome to this episode of Swim.Rocks and we are continuing our discussion around mental health by talking to a very special man who is a Gotcha for Life ambassador and a part of the Head Above Water team. It is a big warm welcome to Andrew Ward. Wardy, how are you, mate? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks. And what have, what have we caught you doing today? You're saying that you're doing a lot of housework? Yeah, I am. I'm uh, taking a day off today, just uh, doing a few things around the house because my wife's in hospital at the moment, so I'd have to say the washing's keeping me very busy. <laughs> what to do. There's a lot to do. Because you got you got three three boys, is it? Uh three no, I've got two two boys and a girl. Yep. So the yep. two boys who do swimming up with you guys. Um yep. so you got nine, eleven, and then CJ's the eldest and she's just turned thirteen. Yeah. So pretty okay. hectic. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Now, um, the Gotcha for Life organization, now it, is, uh, it has radio and, and TV personality Gus Warland at the helm. A lot of people would know Gus Warland from Triple M. Uh, what is it like working with Gus? Oh, look, it's great. I mean, Gus has got a real natural energy about him. He's very personable. And it's really interesting with Gus because he you know, plays it up a bit on the radio. And I think that was part of, the, part of his persona or sort of mm. character. Um, but he's a really, really caring guy. Um, you know, he's a sports mad person and he's always had yeah. a very big interest in sport. And I think that, um, you know, how Gotcha for Life came about um, several years ago, it was only about three or four years ago, it's still a fairly young um, charity, was um, unfortunately when his best mate took his own life and his best mm. mate was also his mentor. And um, it really, I guess, blew Gus away and, he didn't see that coming and yeah. um you know that that really um gave gus an opportunity to make a difference and he started up gotcha for life yeah yeah so Wardy, straight off the bat why did you get involved with mental health awareness and, and fundraising as well what is your story oh look i i've had my own challenges like a lot of people and uh, you know i consider myself to be very fortunate because i was incredibly lucky i had a good network of people around me, but I, at the time I was working in a pretty stressful job um, with not a lot of support. My wife had been going through, you know, uh, cancer treatment, which she's still battling today. Mm. And I'd sort of been made redundant about 12 months before that. And I think on reflection now, when I look at it, it was probably a lot of things which built up to, to what happened with me. But, you know, essentially, I, I guess you could say, you know, I had a 
for a better word, a bit of a breakdown or a bit of an episode where it was really acute. Um, I got diagnosed with, um, you know, clinical depression and acute anxiety. Um, and the acute anxiety was something which was specific to what was going on at that time. Um, and after a couple of weeks of not being in a good place, so I was, I guess you could say, encouraged, although it was a, it's a voluntary yeah. mission. I went into Northside Clinic yeah. and um, got some help, which was fantastic. And like I said, I was very lucky um, with the network of people around me. Yeah, fantastic. Now, um, we chatted, uh, we've chatted on Pool Deck at the WAC and also, you know, just over the phone about changing the phrase mental health to mental fitness. Could you elaborate a bit more on that? Yeah, look, it's a really, it's a really interesting aspect because I think when you talk about mental health, um, there's still a really big stigma around it. I think it's definitely breaking down and I think there's some great organisations and conversations starting to happen, but we're trying to change the vernacular from mental health to mental fitness. Because mm. like I said to you and some of the other coaches, mental fitness is no different to your physical fitness, right? You have good mm. days and bad days. And I guess when you look at your physical fitness, you try and keep it pretty level, right? Or pretty yeah. even. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we think about mental health, it's quite often got a negative connotation to it. And I think when you talk to particularly kids and particularly those people who aren't that comfortable talking about mental health or mental challenges, whatever you want to call it, um, as soon yeah. as you can flip that around and say, well, it's mental fitness, you have good days and bad days and you need to exercise, you know, the emotional muscle. And if you look at swimming, for example, because that's what you're heavily involved in, yeah, you know, you train, you might do specific stretches or you might do specific you know, band work to strengthen your stroke. And you mm. do that because it's part of your fitness regime. But mm. when we look at our mental health or mental fitness, as we'd like to call it, um, no one really works on their emotional muscle or their mental state to try and improve themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just good because you talk to kids about mental fitness and they get it straight away. Mm. Yeah, which is, you know, Fantastic. And I think that's a great idea as well. You know, just having that idea of, as you said, just to train and, and, and it can always improve. It's not like, oh, it's just one issue that I'm stuck in. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the Head Above Water uh, project. Uh, what is the Head Above Water Swim? So Head Above Water is an activity-based fundraising group. And we make that really clear because we're not another charity. There's 55,000 odd charities in Australia, which is significant. Um, and we align ourselves with Gotcha for Life, who's got a national footprint and are a yeah. uh, charity. So I guess we're all about exercise and a real theme around the water. And the original sort of concept came up when I went to a Tomorrowman event in Avalon two years mm. ago. And it was incredible. There's 250 blokes who turned up. Mm you know, from 16 to, I think the oldest guy was about 75. Wow. And, and I'd sort of come out of the clinic and I was still probably finding my feet on what to do. And, you know, I think, you know, you could say, what was my purpose in life? Yeah. And I think some of us take a long time to get there. And I walked out of that event and I thought to myself, wow, you know, I'm pretty lucky. I've got a good network of mates, very loving family. You know, I, I do okay for myself business-wise. I've got the means mm. um, to seek help. And there's a lot of people on the spectrum and a lot of people don't have that. And also looking at the, unfortunately, the high rate of 
suicide on the northern beaches, which is higher than the national average. I thought, what can I do to make a difference? And I've never really leveraged my network or my mates. So we, you know, after sort of flagging the idea of Gussie, because originally it was a 12-hour swim I was thinking about. Um, yeah. And really just thinking about the swim rather than the broader picture um, mm. where we are today. And then Gus said, no, no, why don't you think, why don't you do 24 hours? Because 24 hours does two things. It's a bit more newsworthy. So I think yeah. there'll be a bit more interest in it. But also, more importantly, a lot of men in particular take their life after midnight. So he said, let's yeah. do 24 hours. And yeah. The name Head Above Water actually came up, funny enough, by one of the guys on the committee who was also in the clinic. Oh, he came up with the name Head Above Water, which really, really resonates with a lot of people because it's about keeping your head above water in life. You know, um, it's got a lot of different connotations. But then when you put it into swimming, I think it really makes sense. That's fantastic. That is so good as well. And what's it like swimming at night? Like, cause it's at a rock pool, isn't it? It's at Collaroy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it, look, it is. I mean, the concept could be taken anywhere, indoor pool. And we're actually working yeah. with Knox at the moment and we're about to launch a swim there, but COVID's obviously yeah. given us a few challenges. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, look, it's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I, I swam, what did I do this year? The first year I did about 160 laps and this year I did just over 200, I think it was. Wow. Um, and I did that over a couple of different leagues. So the idea is when you swim, you can swim one lap or you can swim a hundred laps and there's all different levels. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people came down and swam at night, which I was sort of surprised with because A, I think it was a challenge for them and they don't generally do it. Yeah. And B, yeah. I think, you know, the, the idea behind a lot of it, and I spoke to a lot of blokes who said, no, I'm going to do two o'clock because if, you know, if I can have a small sacrifice and come and swim between two and three o'clock mm. with a bunch of my mates, um, to support mental health, that's the least I could do. So it was a real fun um, challenge to it, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. And also, I guess it takes, you know, out of, oh, I'm just going to come down in my free time. You know, if you're doing it at 2 a.m., you know, you're making it uh, a point to be there and you're yeah. actually making it a priority to be there rather than, oh, I've got an hour off, I might just come down and do yeah. 50 laps or something like that. And yeah, you, so know what was really, you know what was really cool is mm. we had someone in the pool every minute, every hour over those 23 hours. It was quite wow. remarkable. That's um, fantastic. Now, admittedly, some, some of those earlier morn, morning swims, there might have only been five or six people in the pool. But <laughs> um, when we got to about three or four o'clock, we, mm -hmm. and I think by five o'clock when I went back down there, there was 20 people in the pool. It was quite remarkable. Um, yeah, wow, that's, that's fantastic. That's mm. awesome. So, Wardy, how much has the program raised? So the first year we've raised $82,000 mm. and um, this year, which was held in March, uh, we, we're holding it in March, um, we did, what, we did 78000 So let's call it, you know, close to $160,000. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. And, and is Head Above Water more about raising awareness and funds or is it a program where people can uh, like learn new skills and, and achieve something they haven't done before? You know, for example, um, swimming continuously for an hour. Oh, look, actually, I never thought of that third aspect. It's, look, it's probably all three. Yeah. So we don't run the programs ourselves. So we partner mm. with Got You For Life. Yeah. And some program partners who are professionals and they deliver those programs, which are certified. Um, but I guess, yeah, the way you've put it is there's probably three aspects to us is most importantly is awareness. 
And if through awareness and having some fun and doing an event like the 24-hour swim, and it could be mm. a 12-hour swim, by the way, yeah. um, we then raise funds. And through those funds, it's a sustainable model. So the whole idea of Head of Our Water is giving back to the community where we live and we work. So people get yeah. involved, we raise awareness, the money comes in, and then we invest all of that money back into the local um, northern beaches, which you know, it really gives it a grassroots sort of sustainable model, which is fantastic. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Now, Wardy, besides the swim each year, um, which is held in March, as you said, what other me mental fitness programs do you do with, with Gotcha for Life or even by yourself? You, you mentioned before the um, Tomorrow Man program. What's, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so Tomorrow Man is a program um, which works very closely with Gotcha for Life, and they're also mm -hmm. one of our preferred programs we use. And initially they started out with doing workshops for community groups, sporting groups, and in schools. So they do a lot of work in schools. And I guess you could say it was mainly focused on men, but they've now broadened that yeah. out to Tomorrow Man and Tomorrow Woman. Yeah. And what, the, what they do is they have really skilled facilitators and counsellors who go into, you know, like I said, community groups, sporting groups and schools and host workshops to try and break down the stereotypes um, and to do some really active um, techniques with the groups. And they can be quite confronting, mm. um, but they're just quite remarkable. It's hard to describe unless you've been to one, um, but they are quite incredible. And the, the age is sort of a 16 years and above. So they're not doing the really early stuff, but they do yeah. do some early intervention with the younger teenage kids in high school. Yeah. And I've been involved in some of those through Head Above Water um, mm. and also through Gotcha for Life. And they're fantastic. Um, but they're really getting some traction now with Tomorrow Women too. Because look, let's face it, even though there's you know, a real drive around sometimes not recognising people by gender and things like that, which I, you yeah. know, you know, I, I can understand. Um, but at the end of the day, men and women are quite different and the requirements are quite different. And mm. Um, they'll feel a lot more comfortable talking to each other and letting their guard down if they're sort of together with men and together with women. Yeah. And hence why they do it separately. Sometimes they do them together, but generally they're done separately. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Now, um, back in late August, uh, you and Gus had a, had a pretty open interview with Warringah rugby player Jaden Taylor. Um, yep. I only watched it yesterday, and and wow, it was it was it was mind blowing and a real eye opener as well. Um, now, last week on the show, we we spoke to psychologist Chelsea Carpenter about the facade that people put on um, to make it seem like you know mm -hmm. they are happy. And Jaden is a perfect example of that. He, you know, he's a big, rough um, rugby player, uh, got like a mohawk mullet thing going on. Uh, but he was diagnosed with, with clinical depression and, and borderline PD. Um, and when Gus asked Jaden, why do you think you could cope alone? He responded with, uh, it's that mentality of I'm a bloke, I'm a tradie, I play footy and I just need to get on with it. We see that generally, and men in particular, you know, that they are struggling internally with mental health. You know, why do you think that is? Oh, look, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, I, I don't have the clinical background, but look, just from my, I guess, lived experience, mm. um, more importantly, which I think sometimes is, is um, a really good insight. Look, I, I think Jaden's right. I, I know when I was having my challenges, um, you know, I probably didn't seek help. I mean, I was offered help when my wife was first diagnosed with the Cancer Council. 
Mm. And I went, no, no, I don't need help. No, yeah. I mean, I, I played rugby and I'm certainly not at the level which Jaden played. But, you know, I, I think unfortunately there is this underlining macho sort of mentality men um, carry with them that they don't need help or they don't want to burden people or further yeah. Um, you know, they don't think they have anybody they can turn to. And, and then you get that element of shame and being yeah. embarrassed and people are going to judge you. And so it's really complex. It's a really interesting question, but it's quite multi-leveled in terms of, I think, the reasons why men don't do it. But they're sort of the reasons, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and on that interview, actually, you know, Gus mentioned... Um, you and Gus actually mentioned, you know, two out of three men feel like they don't have someone to turn to. Mm. There's another statistic, you know, that 75% of suicides are male. Yeah, and those statistics are, are scary, you know. Mm. And, then, and then there's also that idea, you know, as, as you said, you know, showing weakness, whether that be to a partner or your mates, you know, there's that idea that it makes you feel, uh, you know, less of a man. Um, when you were, were struggling, how did your wife react to it? Oh, she... Probably, I mean, we're pretty close and we talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I think she saw it, but was approaching me on it. And I was probably a little bit aggressive in my response and saying there was nothing wrong and I'm okay. Yeah. And it's not yeah. until on reflection you look at the behaviour, you know, maybe yelling at the kids or on my computer yeah. late at night, maybe drinking too much, um, you know, like I said, short temper, not thinking straight, Um you know, on reflection now, it's easy to see it. But at the time, I sort of didn't want to believe it was happening or I sort of tried to ignore it and suppress it. Yeah, yeah. Which a lot of people do. And look, unfortunately for me, I, I had no substance abuse. So but a lot of people, what goes with mental health is substance abuse, whether yeah. it's drugs or alcohol. Um, so uh, how did she... Re look, she, she was pretty good. I mean, I, I, like, like I said before, we had some really good mates around me who, you know, came around to the house, supported me and supported Jules. I know yeah. she spoke to them. So, you know, I think um, she was lucky that she had some support and uh, my, my network is willing to, to sort of talk about it. Because um, like, like Gus says, a lot of men don't feel comfortable or have anybody they can talk to. Mm. Um, so I was, probably, I was probably lucky in that instance. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, you know, there still is that stigma, you know, that, you know, back from the 70s and 80s and even the 90s and 2000s, you know, that, you know, mental health, you know, if you like, yeah, there is that element of shame and that element of oh, you're weak. Um, do you reckon, I don't know, just, just from your beliefs, like um, in the future, you know, 30, 40 years in the future, that it'll be the normality that people will ask for help? Or do you hope? Oh, look, I think it's earlier than that. I, I, I mean, I'm seeing it now and there's programs like Tomorrow Man, which we're taking into Ringer Rugby Club, yeah. St. Augustine School, Knox, um, swimming clubs, you know, the general community up in Bilgola. So I think that as we do more of this and we break it down and we try and change the conversation and have more real conversations and not such superficial ones, I think it's going to happen earlier than that. There's always going to be a stigma, I think, to some degree. There's always going to be a bit of judgmental sort of behaviour. That's just, I guess, human mm. behaviour, and that will happen yeah. you know, for eternity. But I really do hope and think that um, things are really turning. And we've, and we've got to do it because, you know, I don't have the actual stats, but I do know that the 
suicide rate on the northern beaches has increased 50% this time over last year. Wow. Um, and that's pretty shocking. And I don't think that's too dissimilar across Australia. So, you know, and that's maybe, you know, because of the unique environment we're in at the moment with COVID, I think definitely had a play on it. Um, mm. But, you know, I think we have to change. And I think that, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping it's going to happen a lot shorter than sort of 40 or 50 years down the track. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you know, when, when you know, my generation has kids, then it will be, you know, the, the norm to talk about. So, yeah, but so, Bordy, when you were playing rugby and you felt like you were struggling, or even in everyday life, you know, as you said, um, you know, uh, when you were made redundant, your job was stressful, um, you know, what strategies did you use to pull yourself out of those dark thoughts? And um, are they still relevant today? Or, you know, is there, are they changed a little bit? Oh, look, they've probably changed a little bit because I've got, you know, I think experience and hindsight and, you know, um, getting some professional help has definitely given me some techniques. Yeah. So I think the things I try and do is um, I know when I get stressed, my neck and back goes out. Um, when I'm not sleeping well or when I'm maybe drinking a bit too much, it all has a yeah. negative impact on me. So there's a few little things like that I check in. I try and exercise every day. I haven't done anything today, but I'll, I'll, I'll get there at some stage. And mm. for me, swimming was really good. You know, um, I've been involved in Collaroy Swimming Club for several years now, um, been the vice president and still on the committee today, but stepped mm. back a little bit. And, you know, I think it's really important that you surround yourself with A, people you can trust, um, and B, I think it's really important you have a good network um, of people and that is like clubs, you know, clubs and associations are mm. really important to stay connected. You know, if you look at some of the advice I give the kids at school and some of the advice I give people in general, you know, it's incredibly important to know that you're not alone and mm. that there's help out there. But more importantly, that there's some really fantastic groups, whether it's an exercise group, a walking group or a sporting group. You don't have to be athletic. So, for example, Gus has his walking group and he walks four mm. or five times a, a week. And yeah, wow, he invites yeah. different people along to that. And some of those people are from our shared network who might be struggling mm. and he talks to them and gives them a safe environment. And I think little things like that are incredibly important. So, you know, I think you've got to stay connected, but you've got to stay connected with people, I think, where there's an element of trust and you can have these conversations. Mm. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Now, um, you talked about having conversations and staying connected and, and, and being, you know, physically active as well. Are there any other advices, any other you know, bits of advice or, or strategies that you would like to share with our listeners, you know, when approaching a mate whose uh, mental fitness might yep. be a bit low. Oh, look, oh, it's, a, it's a really interesting one because I had this conversation with someone the other day or a few people. And I think if you're a good mate, um, you deserve the right to ask some tough questions. Now, if your mate or your girlfriend, whoever it might be, um, gets pissed off with you or frustrated or thinks you're a bit invasive, you know, that's okay because the problem with guys in particular is you have that superficial conversation, say on the, on the footy field or at the pub or maybe having a coffee and someone will say, how are you going? And you oh, yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. And just move on. Yeah. Very scripted and, and repetitive. Yeah. Correct. But what happens is, is that person asking that question, and by the way, it's not intentional. They just don't know what to do or they don't feel comfortable. They don't ask the second question. So what we talk about at, at Head Above Water and Got You For Life is ask that secondary question or even a third question. 
and dig a bit deeper. And like I said, if you're good mates, or even if you've you know, only been friends for a while, I, you, you, you do deserve the right. Now, sometimes it can be really uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. Or sometimes that person might push back. But you've got to... There's a, you know, you've got to do that, I think, if, you, if you're really interested in their well-being. Yeah. Um, rather than just saying, okay, no worries, and you just don't ask them anything further. But really deep down, that person's struggling, yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, so what are those questions? So what's that second question? You know, you ask someone, how you going? They go, oh, yeah, all right. You know, what's your, what's your next question to that? Oh, look, it depends what you know about them, what's going on. If you know that there's some stuff going on, you could say, well, are you really okay? Or you could yeah. say hey, Lockie, I've noticed that, you know, you've been pretty short with me or, you know, I've, I've noticed this behaviour or you've been drinking way too much. It just depends on sort of what you know is going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing you can do is say, look, I, I don't think you are okay. And I'm, I want to ask you some questions. I want you to be really honest with me because I'm not going to be judgmental. I'm just yeah. here to listen. Because uh, as blokes in particular, we want to fix things. Oh, now, yeah. I'm not that handy at fixing things. <laughs> I'm pretty bloody hopeless. Yeah. But most people, and I still do it today, want to fix your problem. Mm. Um, and most people actually don't want you to fix their problems. They want you to just to listen. So I think if you can yeah. say to someone, you know, hey, Lockie, I know you're struggling. And by the way, I'm here to listen, mate. I, I, I might not have the answers, but you're safe with me and I'm not going to judge you. Um, mm. The reason why I think most people won't talk to people about their issues is A, they think they're gonna burden someone, and mm. B, oh, more importantly, they're gonna be judged. And I know yeah. I, I think like that, even today sometimes. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you, Wardy, yeah. 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 So Wardy, out of the Head Above Award program and all the other programs you do, um, can you tell us some stories that you've heard from other people? Yeah, absolutely. Look, there's two really good stories from uh, the first swim. Uh, we did, which was quite remarkable. Um, there's one fellow called um, Rod Marshdale, who's a double lung transplant. And he contacted me and he, he's a bit of an interesting character. And he rung me and he's from the country and said, hey, I've heard about you guys. I want to come down for the swim. And, mm. um, you know, um, I didn't quite understand what his story was. So I looked him up and sure enough, there'd been some articles on him and he's mm. quite an incredible recovery from a double lung transplant. And he's done some Ironmans, et cetera. Yeah. So he comes down to the swim, just turns up on the day, nowhere to stay, mm. sleeps on in the tent where we've got the registration for the 24 hours, <laughs> yeah. and swims 260 laps. Wow. Over the 24 hour period. Now, he's not wow. the fastest swimmer, but it was quite incredible. He did it in about four or five different swims. Yeah. And yeah. it was just, and that first year we did the swim, it was absolutely pouring with rain. It was the wettest. March in something like 30 years oh. <laughs> and we had fairly sizable swirl coming into the pool yeah he was doing 260 laps so it was quite an amazing story wow look def- definitely testing out the new lungs that's for sure <laughs> yeah and look probably probably the other story I, I wouldn't say that funny but just incredible child yeah. support from the volunteers was you know yeah. we had a couple of volunteers who we're on the registration desk from, you know, early in the evening, yeah. late that afternoon on the Saturday, right through until when we finished at nine o'clock oh. the next day. So, you know, I think from memory, we had something like 80 to 100 volunteers wow. helping out with the swim for both of years. And um, just a big call out mm. to Nikki Hinn. She'll know who she is if she listens to this. 
and some of the other girls who are all friends who worked on the registration desk and stayed there all night. It was quite incredible. Yeah, wow. Fantastic. Andrew, where can we find more information about Head Above Water and, and all your other initiatives as well? Uh, look, probably the best thing is you go headabovewater.com.au or the Facebook page, you just go to Head Above Water, Collaroy. Put in Collaroy because um, it comes up a lot easier. Yeah. And we've got some um, events. We've, well, our next event coming up is in March next year, which will be at Collaroy. Yep. Um, we've also got some other events we're looking at, which we'll post shortly. Uh, but if you go on there, you can find out a lot more about us. You'll see that video of Jade and Gus and I. You'll see some the previous, not this year's swim. We haven't got it loaded yet, but last year's swim. Mm. Um, but also you can just send me an email um, and you can send me an email or get in touch with me. You can do that via the website. It's admin at headabovewater.com.au and that will come to me. And you can actually just reach out and say, look, when are the next courses coming up? Because we are running some um, courses shortly for the general community. We'll have limited spots mm. and that will be funded mm. by Head Above Water. So um, it will be a, a good opportunity for, the, I guess, the general community to come along and get involved in some of those courses. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're definitely doing the right thing, especially in these really tough, tough COVID times. And guys, get training out there for the Head Above Water Swim in March Absolutely. next year. It's going to be a great one. Hopefully the weather's good. Uh, Wardy, thank you so much for coming on the show. That's great. It's a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to that episode and I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to listen to more of our episodes, head over to our website or Apple podcast and to stay connected, please follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages. If you want to get involved with our digital community, type in the URL community.swim.rocks and follow the prompts. Until next time, guys, stay safe, stay healthy and stay dry.